Global Business News 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. From Bloomberg World, Hank Waters, I'm Charlie Pellet, the Dow, the S&P, NASDAQ, all lower as we move into the final hour of trading. And this update is brought to you by BNY Mellon Pershing's Insight 2017, the must-attend for advisors, two weeks away, June 14th through the 16th in San Diego. If you haven't registered, you still can visit PershingInsight.com. Uber Technologies has fired Anthony Lewandowski, the engineer hired to lead its self-driving car efforts, who is now at the center of a legal spat over the technology with Google parent Alphabet. Lewandowski joined Uber in 2016 after several years at Google's autonomous driving project, which is now called Waymo. His move to Uber is the subject of a contentious legal case facing Uber. Stocks are lower as we move into the final hour here. Stocks halting that seven-day advance. The dollar is fluctuating as data showing a rebound in consumer spending offset a wider sell-off in commodities. John Stoltzfus is chief market strategist at Oppenheimer & Company. Trade still very much on the minds of investors. And this morning on Bloomberg Television, he talked about the U.S. trade relationship with Germany, an issue that was raised during President Trump's European visit. Generally speaking, the size of the trade between the U.S. Uh, and, and, and Germany uh, is, is something that is beyond politics and the, the, the various interests that are involved that are tied to job growth, that are tied to the prosperity of corporate interests. Uh, are likely to overweigh, uh, to outweigh the political risk here. Amazon.com shares trading just below $1,000. They are now at 998.29. Amazon did break above $1,000 on an intraday basis today to join Priceline as the only members of the S&P 500 index with a four-digit price tag. Shares of the online retailer have been on a tear up about, up about 40% from a year ago, pushing ahead of Google owner Alphabet. Alphabet shares there up today by three-tenths of one percent. Recapping S&P down a point now, little change to 24.14, down less than one-tenth of one percent. Gold down 6.50 the ounce. Crude oil down 17 cents a barrel to 49.62, a drop of four-tenths of one percent. I'm Charlie Pellet, and that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Thank you very much, Charlie Pellet. Well, Bloomberg Markets is brought to you by National Realty Managers of New York City Cashflow Real Estate, providing a 10 to 16% annualized return with immediate monthly distributions. See them at nria.net. Speaking of seeing things, I see Oliver Rennick sitting in Carol Masters' seat for this next hour. Thanks Oliver, to the beautiful to technology of video chat, I see you as well, Corey. Yeah, it's so. good to be back in the hot seat. I'll do my best to keep up with Carol's reputation. I'm sure. <laughs> shoes to fill. High heels shoes to fill, no less. How are you listening to Bloomberg Markets on Bloomberg Radio? The wasted words already been heard. Are you really God? Yes or no? Dave Wilson joins us right now with uh, his chart of the day. And uh, great to hear the Allman Brothers always, but especially after mm. the passing of Dwayne Allman this, this, this last weekend. Absolutely. And this is the first Greg chance Allman, I've me. had to kind of commemorate the. Yeah. Uh, his legacy and the legacy of the band, I mean, uh, I'll tell you, it's, it's quite the uh, history going back to the early 1970s and even before then. Uh, and talk about going back. I mean, that's what the uh, latest chart does. And it looks at uh, technology stocks in the context of the broader market and compares valuations. It's something that the folks at Pavilion Global Markets did a report at the end of last week. 
And it's really striking because, you know, there's so much concern that, you know, with the larger technology companies kind of dominating market indexes, that what we have here might be a repetition of the 1990s when you had, you know, this whole craze for Internet stocks and we saw things kind of collapse after that. Well, the chart looks at an indicator evaluation called the EV. E-B-I-T-D-A. I know it's a lot of letters, but we're talking about enterprise value, which is you look at equity and debt and then subtract out the cash. And we know tech companies have plenty of that, right? So that gives you a valuation. And then you look at it relative to EBITDA, earnings before interest taxes, depreciation, and amortization. So kind essentially of like, operating profits. Essentially, right. And when you run those numbers, you see that at the moment, the MSCI World Technology Index, which is what they use, the, the Fosa Pavilion, is at about 14.2. That's what the ratio is. Compare that with the MSCI World Index, which tracks developed markets, at 12. So you're talking about roughly 17% more expensive. That's where tech stocks are. You go back to 2000, right around the time that you know the, the Internet bubble years came to an end. And you saw premiums as high as 202%. So in other words, what we're seeing now is nothing like what we saw then uh, if you use this particular valuation gauge. And if you want to know more, folks, send me an email. I'll get you the chart, the explanation that goes with it. And everything I do going forward, the email address is dwilson at bloomberg.net. That's dwilson at bloomberg.net. And you can also see it, of course, on your Twitter page, The One Dave. Absolutely. Twitter feed. I've also retweeted it on my uh, Twitter account at Corey TV. Corey Ganana, this, this, is, this is, I think, a really important point that he brings here. This is sort of, because when you look at price to sales, uh, the markets are as expensive as they were in, in 1999 or even in 2001. But, uh, but maybe EV to EBITDA is a better one. You know, what matters to the economy? The perception that things are going well or the actual creation of, of value? Well, a little bit of both, and I know that's not a great answer, uh, but, uh, you know, as an economist, we, we always have to say, but on the you. other hand, no, uh, no. but, okay. uh, you know, animal spirits uh, certainly uh, are critical to a capitalist economy. So whether we're talking about it in the household sector uh, or in the business sector, uh, if there is a crisis of confidence that uh, can uh, create the downdrafts, which could ultimately lead to uh, a pullback or a recession uh, in the economy. So this is, uh, you know, dangerous territory. We're on here uh, because the economy seems to be just plugging along at this uh, sluggish 2% pace. It appears that we're seeing more of that in the first part of uh, 2017. Uh, and yet there's this market optimism for uh, tax reform, deregulation, uh, big uh, stimulus package uh, possibly. Uh, and if all of that gets pulled away and the Fed has tightened policy further, uh, that leaves the economy in uh, a bit of a precarious position if Growth is not improving uh, organically. I see that um, there's a lot of uh, there's a there's a lot of ways to kind of come out from Dave's chart and bring it to a, a larger conversation. I'm glad that J- Dave picked this one one because I like Alex uh, Bellafleur and the folks at Strategy Pavilion that do uh, the good research. Um, the other thing I like about this is that it does speak to the point I think that Carl just touched on, which is that search for growth that has very much been a part of at least the U.S. equity market. Um, and bringing it back to that, uh, I want to throw back to Dave. 
because Dave, we've been looking at this uh, relationship between growth and value, the explosion into growth-oriented stocks, investors looking anywhere really to get that kind of yield. We, we look at another chart on Bloomberg, just looking at the companies that don't have earnings and the price people are willing to pay. Is that one of the, I guess, primary stories of the, of the market right now is just the idea that there are fewer avenues to kind of get that degree of growth, and that's where people go? Well, that kind of speaks to Carl's point about how sluggish economic growth has been, because let's face it, if things are, are, are growing at a relatively fast pace, then you'd probably want to own the cheaper stocks. So mm-hmm. it would be sort of a scenario that would work in favor of value, and we're not there. I mean, we, we've certainly seen with the uh, Internet companies, uh, you know, the, the likes of, of Facebook and uh, Amazon, that there has been a real focus there. And that's in keeping with the sort of idea that, you know, you, you have to really look around to figure out where the growth is. You know, I'd be, I'd be curious, Dave, do you really, we've been talking a lot about the return to the thing and the tech stuff. Do you think it's that abnormal from, from your time covering the markets to see this type of concentration within five very popular companies? Well, I mean, it's certainly typical to an extent. It really is a matter of, you know, how broad the gains are. Uh, and, and so far, it's not like it's narrowed as much as we saw in you know, late 90s, early 2000. And I suppose the economic backdrop kind of helps things along, you know, to the extent that the you know, companies are able to take advantage of that. And, and I will say, Dave, on your chart, well, we're not at with tech stocks, not at 1999 levels. We are at, you know, 2001 levels or or in terms of that, that high valuation, or even 2007 levels. And in, in the World Stock Index, also really near some very high numbers. It's going to be something to watch, no question. And there, it's clear that one indicator will tell you one thing, and another indicator will give you a very different picture. All right, Carl Wigadana for our chief U.S. economist, and Dave Wilson, our Bloomberg News Stocks editor. You're listening to Bloomberg Markets. I'm Bloomberg Radio. Oliver Ronick sitting in for Carol Master this hour. This is Bloomberg. Let's get some more of the national news headlines now from Bloomberg News anchor Nathan Hager in our 99.1 studios in Washington, D.C. All right, thanks, Corey. The White House is commenting for the first time now about reports that President Trump's son-in-law, Jared Kushner, tried to set up a back-channel communication with Russia during the transition. As you heard live here on Bloomberg Radio, spokesman Sean Spicer said the reports haven't been confirmed. I would just say that Mr. Kushner's attorney has said that uh, Mr. Kushner has volunteered to share with Congress what he knows about these meetings, and he will do the same if he's contacted in or in connected with any other inquiry. Spicer also confirms President Trump is meeting today with two more candidates for FBI director. They are former Assistant Attorney General Chris Wray and ex-Transportation Security Administration Chief John Pistol. Meantime, President Trump's communications director is out. More on that from Bloomberg's Amy Morris. Mike Dubke has held the post for less than three months. Before joining the Trump White House, he was a Republican strategist. He founded Crossroads Media and had strong ties to other party establishment figures like Karl Rove. At the White House, Dubke served as a behind-the-scenes player managing communication strategy, working closely with Press Secretary Sean Spicer, who will now reportedly do fewer on on-camera briefings. Axios reporting that Trump is considering lobbyist David Urban for his new chief of staff. That's a job currently held by Reince Priebus. Amy Morris, Bloomberg Radio. The white police officer who shot and killed a 12-year-old black boy in 2014 has been fired, but Cleveland Police Chief Calvin Williams says it's not because of the Tamir Rice shooting that Timothy Lohman is being let go. Basically his employment, uh, the process of uh, being employed, what he put on his personal history statement for employment for the Division of Police. Global News, 24 hours a day, powered by more than 2,600 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. 